What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 112th episode of Tasteful Profanity. My name is Mike, and with me, as always, John David Fraley. John, how are you? It's been a day, hasn't it? It's been a Several day or days. two. A few. A few day days. Day or two, or hundreds. It's really good to do this again. I'm great, man. I'm great. I uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's a Christmas miracle that we're poting again. September 30th, 2020 is the last time that we recorded an episode of this podcast. It is a Christmas miracle. Has it been a wonderful life for you since then, Mike? Um... I think that my life has been uh, tangibly better without your puns on a weekly basis, <laughs> though it is nice to be back on this uh, with you, John. So I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk some music because honestly, why the fuck would we talk about football? About what now? Yeah. Okay. Ex- commitment. I like as that. A, I like as a that. lifelong uh, um, Cleveland Browns and Kansas City Chiefs, no, wait, that's not right. As a lifelong Los Angeles Chargers, San Diego Chargers fan. Let's not talk any football. There you go. Are we doing the, what was it, the last music episode that we did, which was two years ago now, which is kind of crazy. We gave one sentence about football. What is your one sentence <laughs> about the state of football at large uh, right now? Mike, Mike, it has been a sentence. It's exactly okay, that's it. great. It's All right, perfect. Sentence. That's perfect. We don't I'm need like... anything else. I'm piggybacking on your sentence that it is, in fact, a sentence. But uh, the reason that we've congregated on this day is because, fear not, John, the end of the year lists <laughs> are here. And I know. you know what? You, you don't I... need any other end of the year lists. You can scrub the archives of all that have been released thus far. They've now been rendered useless. For I have beaten the odds. I've mastered the algorithm through sheer optimization. Musical preference no longer exists. We've entered the age of creative objectivity. So basically, I've made my end of the year list. Favorite songs. I tend to do songs rather than albums because of a very short attention span. And uh, I like to indulge myself in that. So we have the 18 best songs of 2021. So you are going to also give your thoughts on many of these songs. Is that correct? Yes. And uh, the wishes in my head say you have to stop before you're catching too much smoke. <gasps> Those were spoilers. Oh my God, you suck. Those were, spo- I'm the worst. I'm still the worst, nothing has changed. You haven't, you haven't skipped a beat, I really appreciate that. <laughs> but um, while uh, 2021 was pretty clearly a crummy year as a whole, um, it was the best year for music in a long time in my eyes. There are like 60 plus songs on my full end of the year list that I genuinely really like. And that only takes into account like one song per artist because, you know, my weird self-imposed rules that every artist only gets one. But uh, there are tons of amazing songs that were really difficult to not include in this list um, that we're talking about today. But having an abundance of choices like that is not a yearly occurrence. So I am thankful for the multitude of choices. Mike, do you want to talk about how we're sort of music nerds? I'll talk about it a little bit. You're the one who talks a lot. I may talk just a little bit. I have a music degree. I have like a college music degree, studied orchestration, composition, pedagogy, piano, all of it. And I love music theory, had so much music theory. And I, I think, are we going to nerd out a little bit today with these songs? I would be uh, pretty offended if we didn't. Because <laughs> you're a musician of sorts, right? I am a musician of sorts. I am a, multi in, um, a, a musical multi-hyphenate. 
Ooh. I play several instruments, and uh, I do enjoy listening to music. Specifically, if you are a long tenured listener of this show, uh, with headphones, <laughs> with headphones, which you're not wearing, you sacrilegious bastard. If there were a video, I would like grab my headphones, like put them right here. They're working. It, they work for other things, but they don't want to work for you. I think they have a personal problem with you. My headphones. Do. We're not. Uh, we're not releasing video for this podcast, but just for our own personal sake, just like don't move your head at all, and I'll just like tape a <laughs> paper cutout over your face. You know. Uh, but Both yeah, we're going to gonna obscure talk about- your visage and add headphones. Visage. Wow, and vocabulary nerds. We're going to. Uh, are we going to get into some nitty gritty a little bit? Kind of talk about what makes the songs work, because. Uh, because that sounds interesting. I don't think a lot of other places are kind of going to dive in and do music analysis. Well, we're going to say that we like the songs, right? Sure. Except, except for the ones that aren't good. And Well, I, I think that I need, you know, it's been a long time since we've done this show. So I might, my, uh, my yearly bit, if you will, is just every single song, just great song. Just great song. <laughs> You know, every say single one. So just say, strap in, dude. Say the title. Say great song. We could be done in like 45, uh, 45 seconds. Yeah, there you go. So anyways, what follows is a sequence of songs that has been ruthlessly cultivated. It's true. Through an outspoken <laughs> advocacy of the aforementioned headphones and uh, an abundance of not being able to make up my fucking mind. I sent you like countless texts of revisions of this list right eventually i had to just be like you know what here here's the here's the link to the spotify playlist like i'm not you you don't deserve this this constant revisionist state it was great in fact one of the ones you took off the list we're going to talk about later because it was one of my favorites so i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to executive co-executive privilege put it back on the list yeah I'm, i'm fine with that so let's uh let's do it are you ready to begin let's do it the first of which, number 18, that we will be speaking of is Pfizer by Gabriel Sayer. Pfizer, a very uh, relevant relevant song title. Um, but the thing I will say about this song is that sure. Vine will never die. Uh, Gabriel Sayer, also known as Gabriel Gundacker, is a legend, an eclectic legend. Um, this is not news. He put out an album a couple years ago, I think, that, was, uh, that had its entire narrative arc focused on uh, Richard Dreyfuss. It's an album about Richard Dreyfus. I don't know why. There's no rhyme or reason to it, but it's about Richard Dreyfus. So, dude's a weirdo in a very great way. But yeah, it's uh, the song is very rhythmic. You know, it's got to be some oboe in there, and it sounds really great. It's like goofy shit, wildly creative, goofy shit. Um, the layering of the vocals in this song on such like a woozy groove in such sonically different ways is great. And yes, John, I already did use up my one allotted use of the word sonically on the first song that we're talking about. (laughs) You have driving still. We're going to get to driving later. Yeah, the vocals are, I mean, for Pfizer here, the vocals are a real booster, I think. Let's see. Mm -hmm. That's right. I thought, I I was really waiting for you to continue that and then, yes. But no, that's all I had. I'm I'm not on my toes enough. Yeah. No, that's great. So uh, Pfizer by Gabriel Sayer, number 18. Great song, John. Great song. Bring us down. Keep the countdown going. All right, cool. Number 17 is Fuck Your Acid Trip by Modest Mouse. <laughs> did you did you listen to this song? Yeah, I caught it a little bit earlier this morning. This is a fitting song title because <laughs> when I was younger, I got way too high at a Modest Mouse concert. And not on acid, mind you, but 
it was a terrifying experience. It was like way too much. But the song rips. It's uh, just kind of like the the goofy, modest mouse shit in the best way. I like a lot of their older stuff, but not as much as many of the Pitchforkians of the world might. Um, but uh-huh. uh, no, it's a great song. John, you have cats. You have multiple oh, cats. Is that I correct? Have, I shouldn't probably say this because it's almost embarrassing, but I have three cats. You have three cats. Do you ever like dance with your cats? Like <laughs> like in the kitchen if you're like cooking or something? You know what I'm talking You know exactly what I'm talking about, they, right? They will get you're up like rendered doing, speechless because you just know exactly what I'm talking about. The two things, they about. will get up on the on their stools and watch us because it's super entertaining or my, one of my cats, she will uh, actually come claw at us when we start singing because she does not like it. If singing starts on, if singing starts on the TV, she comes up and says, no, you need to change what you're streaming and you need to pick a new show. Do you abide by, do you abide by the decision? No, we just lock her away. She's a cat. We're, we're a person. Okay, well, it's a great song to dance with your cat to. Just a great song, John. Just to simply put, a great song. So let's let's move on to the next one, number 16, which is Yours by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, which is a contentious a contentious entry because this is one that it I had a is. different song. I substituted this song at the last minute, at the last second. Um, it was originally Catching Smoke off of this same album, which is a great song also. I decided that I liked this one better front to back, though there are moments of Catching Smoke that are absolutely phenomenal. So before I talk about yours... What are your thoughts on Catching Smoke? Well, Catching Smoke, I'm just heavily offended you took it off the list. Because it has a couple... Well, I did that intentionally to offend you. (laughs) The master plan at work. You have not lost your touch, let me tell you that. The uh, master... Catching Smoke does a thing that I really like it when bands do it well, which is they switch meters. And not only that, but your opening part... Okay, so this opening section is in 9-8, which is a very, very... Uh, rare, a lot of stuff, if you ever listen to uh, re- really any style, whether it's hip-hop or jazz or rock or whatever, it's going to turn out to be in 4-4. Four, four. It's going to be pretty rare to see 3-4 or 2-4. 6-8, you might see every once in a while, but 9-8, oh man, that just really hit my spot. And then it switches back to 4-4 four, four later. Uh, but meter switches are a great music nerd thing, and I'm glad that they do it because they can turn out really cheesy. But this didn't. They also have in their opening... Their opening has a bunch of repeated notes that run um, what seems like a, they put through a randomizer, number randomizer for the amount of times that they're going to hit the note. So you don't end up with ten 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 ten. You end up with ten 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 ten. You end up with like seven of the same, and then two of the same, and then four of the same, and then six repeated notes, and then they don't even do it same the second time. I just really appreciated the fact that they didn't fall into all the patterns that so many other songs fall into. This is what happens when you give a group of friends drugs and synths. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's really, it's really innovative. The and time signature shifts are crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, it, it's the same for, for yours. There are like other songs in the album that I like a lot also, yeah. like Shanghai and Interior People. Um, just like cool stuff. Um, I feel like Mosquitoes definitely fucked a music like this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you mentioned Shanghai, and then, of course, that has this full of pentatonic scales where they're trying to be uh, stereotypically or even, I should say, uh, traditionally Chinese in their scale that they use. And it's uh, that's pretty fun, too. It's pretty obvious. And it sounds, I don't like it nearly as much as Catching Smoke, but I like that they're doing that. 
Yeah, I mean, there's they're just the the shift, the dramatic shift to like the da 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 in the middle of Catching Smoke is just like a little out of place in my eyes. It's just like a phenomenal song in totality. But it, when it comes to yours, uh, there isn't really one specific moment that stands out. It's just like a really fun song to listen to, like at every moment throughout. Uh, but yeah, it keeps you on your toes with irreverent tempos, and I know, I it really is like that. Once again. Great song, John. All right, let's fly through a couple more. I really want us to make us to the top ten. We got some cool stuff to say about those. Totally. So I'll just I'll just give you a few thoughts on uh, the next couple. So number fifteen, we have better better distractions. Excuse me, by Faye Webster, um, off of the album. I know I'm funny. Ha ha. Great great uh, record. Uh, but so better distractions. This is like the perfect song um, for Michael Bennett's like pelvic, uh, thrust ballet <laughs> sack dances, you know, great, oh, like so... very sensual, but like romantic. I don't know, man. It has like excellent vibes. This song has great vibes. Have you and not has, made like, a video of it? Movement. Have you not set, have you not set his pelvic thrust Ooh. to this song yet? That's like your special bounds content abounds. Uh, but like she, her like vocals are so locked in the melodies are like perfect for the, the instrumentation. You know, she accents like the effort, the strain that she's putting into her voice. Um, it's really tasteful. And John, I'm not sure if you realize this, but tastefulness <laughs> also known as taste is a very important facet to the show. I want to get into the harmonies in a couple later songs when we get to, uh, closer to the top of the list, because that's something the harmonization. I, in some of I songs think that this is something that we, when you're making this list, I think you decided Let's find cool harmonies. Let's find vocals that are really tight, and let's put those in. And if yeah, and if that, and if if there if the song begins with a really good harmonies, I'm just gonna put it on the list. I've cracked your code again. <laughs> the subconscious code. I couldn't that I couldn't tell you that that is my explicit process, but who knows what's going on below the surface? My brain. Uh, what is it? My mind is an enigma. <laughs> so number 14, let's move on. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. I forgot to mention. 15, Better Distractions by Faye Webster. Great song. So number 14, <laughs> Long Distance Conjoined Twins by Home Is Where. Uh, it feels like the name Samantha really was tailor-made to just be used in fashion as great as this. Like it's just screamed repeatedly. I just can't get myself to turn this song off. Um, again, there's not really a specific moment to it, but it's really just like the, you know, like the chord, bass chord, then the fifth, na 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 just like over and over and over. The most but it's just powerful like stuff a, in all of music, in all of music theory is running that first to that it really fifth, is. one to it five. It really is. They're best friends. But it's like, it's such a desperate uh, performance vocally and just at large, you know, just, just a great song. Uh, number 13. Cascades by Kishibashi. Uh, you listened to the song, correct? Yeah, this is. Yeah, I told you. I told you. Uh, is this the song you I didn't like? You yesterday, this is this is the one that doesn't belong on the list. This, ah. <laughs> See, tell me okay. what. You, tell me I, what. Tell me what you like. I'll tell you what I don't like. I want to have this discussion because it's interesting that you say that. So, I think that there are, at its best moments, it is like perfect. <laughs> At its worst moments, it's like pretty underwhelming, you know. Like so, the like, hey, you sort of like layering uh -huh. on top of one another, like arpeggiating um, mm -hmm. over like that strum and guitar and like the stomp clap without the clap, which mm -hmm. in other words is a stomp. Um, it's like the harmonies are great, you know, and I just think it's really catchy. And then there's like the violin solo, let's fucking go. Like the violin solo is sick. Um, but yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the chorus bits, but 
um, at its best, it's it's really good. So, later on, great in, song. Later on in another song, there's going to be a really good use of a classical instrument. Uh, but this isn't it in here with the violin. This, it's a little forced. Uh, there's nothing. There's no moment in this song where I was listening to it where I felt in any way surprised or thrilled. I just kind of saw it all coming. And well, that's because you're a prophet, John. <laughs> you shouldn't hold yourself to the same standards. The chord as other progressions people. were uh, pretty predictable, but also uh, there wasn't any flavor to it. I didn't have any spice. There was no. Uh, there was no chord that got me. Went. Oh yeah, there we go. There wasn't that moment where uh, where things kind of got switched up in a bridge or anything where I could go, oh, that's kind of new and interesting. It just didn't, I will say, it just didn't have anything for me. Sure, that's that's valid. I will say um, earlier in the year, this was like, I mean, obviously a lot of songs get added over time continually, but uh, this was like top three or something like maybe midway through the year on my list and it has like slowly made its way down and what is it 13th now so <laughs> yeah it's it's like i really love parts of it there are parts that are pretty underwhelming it is what it is but um i will not lose sight of the goal and you're wrong john you're absolutely <laughs> wrong great song <laughs> uh let's let's move on to the next one number 12 is hot wind blows by tyler the creator featuring Lil wayne this song uh it's just like the best song on a really good album uh call mm -hmm. me if you get lost I, like the dj drama interludes are like posh as fuck i feel like i am in geneva listening to this song whenever i spin it you know like a young lady just fed me french vanilla ice cream and i have my toes out too you know it's like an all-time sequence of flexes you know this song and is over the, like, this song is over the top in a really good way it's They're so over the top. And he like fucks up the name of the album too. He calls out like, call me when you get lost. But that's, I mean, it's if not when, you know, but it's fucking awesome. All of it, like the parasol and everything. Tyler's wrapping his ass off above the palm trees when he hits. Okay. The best moment of the song is in Tyler's verse. When it's like halfway through and he hits the cheer when like the bass comes in. Oh my God. It's just, it's just a special moment. Really good song. And I'm not, I would not consider myself a big, um, big wheezy guy. I'm not a huge Lil Wayne fan. I love some of his songs, but not, not really at the upper echelon of musicians that I tend to listen to. And, uh, his voice kind of slides right into the song and it, it sounds like velvety within everything that's going a, on around there's, it. There's a lot of timing. This is, this, uh, this kind of rap reminds me of stuff from the 90s that was, I don't, I don't want to say more melodic, but it certainly was trying to stay close to pop and rock roots enough so that it could like cross over and people who like that kind of music could listen to it. That's kind of the vibe I got from this one. Not necessarily a Della Soul type of vibe, but something, maybe a PM Dawn type of vibe. To, if you don't even know who that is from the 90s, do you? Oh man. I know De La Soul, but I don't Yeah, know. but it's yeah, know. right. Here's the flute thing. See how I told you about the violin and cascades? This flute is so it's so ironic over the top that it no longer is ironic over the top. Yeah, it's like uh It's like it's they like... knew exactly what they wanted with it and they knew that it was going to sound like high I'm sorry, I apologize in advance. They knew that this flute part was going to sound in advance highfalutin but they still did it. 
and it worked. They're just like there are just certain moments in our in our relationship, John, where I just want to like just like strangle. choke slam you. Can you strangle the me through the screen? Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, um, but I I I'm totally with you. Like the song feels like. Um, <laughs> I mean, like the the core tenet of like so much music is like like sexuality, right? Oh, is like, it? and it just sounds. Oh, is and it? it sounds. Sure? It sounds like people are just fucking in an elevator in Cancun at a Cancun hotel. You know, like that's kind of like what this is to me. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Mozart was just writing his stuff to get laid. Yeah, in Cancun. <laughs> Historically Vienna? speaking, Mozart Vienna? was getting Valdberg. laid in Cancun. J.S. Bach had uh, his first wife died. And then he got remarried again to Trophy Wife, who was like 20 years younger than him and had eight more kids. So there you go. Prolific sex haver. Uh, <laughs> prolific sex haver, Johann Jake. Sebastian Bach. <laughs> Love exactly, to hear it. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great song. Great song. Uh, number 11, The Stanza by Rat Boys. Um, this is a re-recording of uh, the eponymous song from their first album. Uh it's kind of borderline because it technically was released many years ago and it is a re-recording, but it's my fucking list, so I make the rules, so get off my back. Rat Boys is a good alternative. What would you call them? Alternative punk? What would yeah, you call them? Like, it's like like indie folk rock. Right? Uh, they, They're yeah. a good al- alternative for somebody who's just who's just kind of stuck in their rut of listening to the same stuff over and over. This will get you out of your rut. I really, yeah, I mean, it's got kind of like a ba rum bum bum but vegan vibe to it. You know what vegan, I mean? But vegan. Not like, not ba rum bum bum and like in the uh, like Christmas spirit, but just like the way, like the rhythm of the way that like the, the guitars and the drums mesh yep. together, the percussion. But I mean, like Julia's simping on Karl Marx. Um, <gasps> oh, good for seriously. her, honestly. She's so- like technically pro-Stalin propaganda. Um, in this, she's propagandizing for uh, for Joseph, but a lot of themes going on in here. Either way, th- the music is very good. I gotta say about the eyes in here. Here's the thing: I don't know, I don't know about you, but one of the things, at least, in like in the people that I've dated and married, just one married, but I think one of the things, first things that draws me to people is their is their eyes, and just a set of pretty eyes just does it for me. And I don't know, it's just always been true. And I just love that she mentions that over and over. And what was it? What was it that drew you to the manifesto? <laughs> it was Karl's Marx. Karl Marx's pretty beautiful eyes. eyes. Just beautiful <laughs> eyes. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like the verses are like perfectly constructed. Yeah. Um, the song, like kind of like the bounding percussive um, elements and like the guitarist, Dave Sagan, he like, he accents every bit of the verses with like little p- palm muted shit like ripping through some other palm muted shit. I don't know. It's a lot of cool palm muted shit. She even, great song. She even. <laughs> I almost stepped on your great song there. She even. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, you can still get one more chance to say way. it in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll she say even it breaks one of my all time rules of songwriting and starts too many phrases with I. Yeah. Which. That's what I thought you meant with saying like the eyes at the beginning. <gasps> I was like, yeah, she says I a lot in the verses. Even, it's both. It's too many. You can't start too many phrases with I. It just ends up being a song about yourself, which is fine in a way except i just really am more drawn to songs about people singing about other people i guess that's because you're an empath john we can't all be like you finally this bleeding (laughs) this bleeding heart over here just continues to gush blood all over the place but once again great song (laughs) 
on to number 10 on to number 10 the song is you have to stop by sydney sprague and i haven't written very much at all over the last year or two um but one of the few times that i did it was about this song uh well i remember that now i i don't want to i don't want to spoil it i don't want to spoil the end of this but it is a great song uh it's got like that velvety crunch uh, kind of keeping time. It's like the layering of the instruments with those like Oompa Loompa gravel drums. It's kind of mesmerizing. Like, yeah. the melodies are great. It's just like a song that has hung around all year. It's one of the songs that I've listened to the most in 2021 and I'm still not tired of it, which is like not insignificant. Like I, I overplay songs all the time and just like burn myself out on them. But every time I listen to this song, um, with headphones, mind you, uh, it's just like... <laughs> It's kind of a journey in a like very soothing, um, but like exciting way. It's like every beat is a step down, like the chip seal driveway. That's kind of the way that makes sense to me. That's really cool. The thing about this one with Sydney is that, so when I teach music, I tell students to go a specific direction in their melodies. I say, hey, start high, finish low. Start low finish high, uh, make like a valley, start high, go down, come up, whatever, make your melodies mean something. And she does a number of different things right here when she's writing her melodies where she starts real high in the phrase and she drops down and she rises up a little and then she drops down to finish it up. And it's one of the uh, main arrows that I teach my students to follow is to drop, rise a few notes and drop again. Only she does it really, really wide. Like she starts really high and finishes really low. And I really enjoy that. She takes this compositional technique and she pushes it just a little bit outside of its bounds. And I love that about this melody. She does that artificially as well, where like at the end where it's like she's kind of repeating like the, you know that you do this every time. And it's like kind of like the same note going like up or down, like a step or a half step. Mm -hmm. But then like the first note of that sentence, there's like an octave up harmony so it's like just for that first note so it's like starting up high with the octave and then like comes back down but it's just revolving around that singular note yeah it's cool so yeah yeah, yeah. i'm totally with you i can really tell she knows what she's doing musically i mean they all do but sometimes you can see that somebody has a little extra musical chops and she has Mm -hmm. them yeah totally and not to not to be forgotten here great song uh number nine number nine uh, r.i.p young by isaiah rashad so I, I really don't have a whole lot to say about this song. It's not a whole lot of specific moments that stand out. It's just like a great song from front to back. I know I haven't used that phrase very often, but yes, great song. Um, Isaiah has like, um, he's like a relaxed but calculated flow throughout, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like throwing down uh, triplets and explicitly <laughs> swinging his nuts. I was going to say, you really, uh, you really have to be okay with some uh, tasteful and beyond pro- yes. profanity in this one. Of course. I mean, uh, we are. Like the chorus. Which is people should know, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we, we, we're, we're consistent, if nothing else. Um, <laughs> the the chorus is, like, really catchy, you know. Um, the album itself is really good. Like, Dark Side and Hey Mista made, like, legitimate claims to being on here as well. But this is, this is just, like, the one. You know, when you just listen to a song and you know, this is the one. Um, the, and also the skit at the very end. Hilarious. Oh, for Great sure. skit. Excellent use of skit. Oh, for Great sure. song. Right? Like, uh, it's nice to have a section in a song that's not, you don't see coming. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's like after the song is over, you're just like already satisfied. And then it's just like, oh, wow, this is beautiful. A rainbow. 
my baby mama's gold digging ass, you know, <laughs> just wonderful themes, wonderful themes. Um, yeah, great song. Uh, number eight, Grief Motif by Fiddlehead. This song is one minute and 12 seconds long. It absolutely appeals to my deep attention deficit laden oh, wizard. Brain. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that. This is for this is for the AD, uh, ADD ADHD crowd for sure. Dude, it is just like perfect song length. I wish I wish more songs were this length while like packing this much stuff in. But you know you know what this song makes me think of, John. The song feels to me, you know, with kind of like that the storybook the storybook vibe at the beginning and then mm-hmm. it shreds the pages to bits. It feels like the opening scene of Bambi before the fire just burns the whole forest down. This is interesting that you say that because it was equal amounts like uh, not happy and sad, but equal more equal amounts dark and bright to me. Totally. And I have, totally. I have a good uh, musical explanation for that too. So I sat down at the piano to figure out what the two chords are that they keep using over and over. And so it's a B flat major chord and a G minor chord. Except here's the cool thing about it, is it's just alternating between those two the whole time. It just keeps going from one to the other, to one to the other. So you're not really ever able to place whether the B flat, which is the major chord, is the, num- is the main chord of the song, or the G minor on the other side, which is the minor one, <laughs> is the main chord of the song. And they're completely right. co-equal. You can't tell which one is the one. <laughs> and the, the song is like totally repetitive too. Uh-huh. Like oh, the for sure. It just goes also. over and over. And you said yeah. you can't tell if you think of the if you think of it as a happy song with a B flat chord being the main chord, then it'll sound like that to you. But if you think of it as a sadder song with the G minor chord being the main chord, then it'll sound like that to you. It's very much a Rorzok test. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I, I think that like the fact that it's so repetitive, um, and it surprisingly still doesn't annoy me. That in itself is an enormous accomplishment. And so it's like top 10 by default, just off of that. But um, yeah, I mean, this song really said RIP to Bambi's mom, but I'm different. So yeah, great song. I I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, more and more in the future uh, songs in the two minute length range. I just feel, I I I just feel like there's a market for that. Yeah, there totally is. There totally is. But I'm, I'm also okay with longer songs. I I found, (laughs) you know, I listened to a lot of music this year. We had more alone time than we've ever had as a society, as a planet, you know? Universe. And uh, as a universe, yes, of course. And a lot of time for just listening to music. And I found myself like getting really fatigued listening to like five plus minute songs. Oh, sure. So having like, you know, mixing it up was kind of a good solve for that, you know? So like, yeah, like songs that are a minute, two minutes, two and a half minutes, a nice, uh, sure. a nice flip side of the coin. So, yeah. Uh, grief motif by Fiddlehead, number eight. We just Great talked about song. It. we just talked about it like five minutes longer than the song actually is. I know exactly. Uh, number seven, blunt force concussion by the Dirty Nil. I here's where your har- here's where, here's where your album. harmonies come in. Here's the opening the opening harmonies, like in the very first stanza. Totally. It remind me of actually four part writing that I that I learned in college, where you're supposed to make like the tenor and the alto line interesting but pretty stable. Uh, so in some ways, it's kind of like uh, '80s uh, Van Halen, in that the uh, in in that the in that the harmonies generally of the whoever's not Eddie are pretty much staying on the same note and kind of moving around a little bit only, but clearly not. This is not Van Halen. You should know that. But it, the harmony the harmony construction is basically the same. It's very highly musically intricate and smart, 
and it does what we call voice leading really well. It does all of that while like being just eminently shouty and catchy and like oh, yeah. fun, you know. And like then, this song, this song and the album came careening in right at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. I literally heard this for the first time last night. Literally last night. It's and it so is good. really good. It's so good. And then um, when when it when it gets to the I love you part of the end of the uh chorus and they throw in this four chord that's the minor four chord, it's all poppy and saccharine but it's perfect because it matches the lyric exactly it's this chord that sounds like it's it doesn't belong and i love you know i I mentioned that earlier that's what i love you throw me that chord that doesn't belong but you're doing it on purpose and you know what you're doing that's that's just nectar right there yeah i mean it's like this song whether it's like the vocals or the instrumentation it's just like pure melodic bliss Mm, yeah like i i could i listen to this song and i could instantly tell that I'm going to listen to it a million fucking times throughout the rest of my life. <laughs> like every musical flourish is just creative enough, but it doesn't overcomplicate what's already like a pretty perfect formula. You know, it's yeah. like the, it's treading that fine line between like being polished and raw. Um, but yeah, everything about it sounds awesome. I appreciate you. Also, find, I appreciate you finding this one for me because it's a great song. <laughs> it's a great song. It is a great song. Yes, exactly. Now you're in the spirit. And also it's called Blunt Force Concussion. So what better song to discuss on a football podcast? That's right. That's right. You will not get CTE from listening to this song. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Number six, UVVP by Illuminati Hotties featuring Buck Meek. Oh, man, Illuminati Hotties. They're so good, man. Totally. They're so good. Um, this has a 50s and 60s type of feel to it in the chord construction and a little bit of a beach boys callback almost is oh what, yeah this is, this song is very much like just hanging on the beach chopping down no this is it my description that i have uh that i have for this one is beach boys meets fiona apple totally. and uh oh yep. I, I that's all i need to say about this and i think that really captures what <laughs> what's happening in the song i i'm probably a bit biased with this song because i was lucky enough to make the video for it and i assure you that is not the reason why it's on this list i've listened through the whole album let me do one more by illuminati hotties great album highly recommend it and there are lots of very good songs on the record but like i just keep coming back to it and i listened to it a million times like 10 million well, you times had to. i had to right, because right, right. Of your big and it still bangs on us right there yeah so like i mean the chorus is like delightful and catchy and like yellable it gets big like the second chorus uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I, li- I i really appreciate like how simple the construction is like it's like verse chorus verse chorus and then repeated chorus and then you get your huge, island theme and then huge and then just drops out your island theme at 315 out. or 310 or whatever it is in the song yep and then uh buck meek who's the guitarist from uh noted band big thief um whose solo album is great and um one of his songs was a little bit lower on my list that we won't talk about today, but um, he's like, you know, that picture, it's like the screaming cowboy silhouette wafting above the sunset. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. screaming motherfucker in the hat yeah. above, above the mountains in the distance. Yeah. I like that. He is that element of this song. And like, like I swear really to God, good. I almost passed out the first time I heard him say, but I'm not yet ready to get the mitten. It's just like it was just like this moment of like musical euphoria. That's the shit. Um, that's the real shit right there. That's yeah. That's it. It's just like such a like lovely, romantic, fun, goofy, awesome song. And I'm like, I'm very proud to have played a part, no matter how small it was. So well, journey. it's not a small part either. So cool. 
It's a great song. It's a great song. I, I, I it's a great song. love this song. Is it a great so, song? It's a great song. All right. Confirmed, great song. Number five, Don't Go Putting Wishes in My Head by Torres. So this is another one. This is another last second. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But this is a good, inclusion. this is also a great addition, man. It's a great addition because the, so this whole album, which is thirst is called Thirstier, is really good. There's so many great songs on this album. And the title track, Thirstier, is one that had displaced this one and another mm-hmm. one, um, Hug from a Dinosaur, which is also awesome. Uh, highly recommend all of them, but this this is the one. I listened through all of them last night um, just to get it all locked in, and this is like by far and away the one. It's like it starts out slow and not necessarily sparse, but sparse relatively to mm-hmm. what it becomes about like 40% through it's like perfect cinematic nostalgia, right? Like this is like holding the boom box over your head and the pursuit of love in the eighties type shit right here, man. Like every note reverberates with substance, every like layer of like the synth and the guitar and the bass, it like melds together like powerfully, like very powerfully in the best way. The, the, the phrase that keeps coming back uh, to me when I think about this song is that it is just like an onslaught of awesome. I'm not so, a li- there's like tidal waves onslaught of, of awesome. I'm not an uh, I'm not a lyrics guy most of the time. Uh, but I did like verse two with the your friends warned me I might lose, uh, but I know that's how I win, and that was, <laughs> I think that spoke to me on a different level. Like we've all been there where we feel like, uh, the lines between losing and winning are blurred. This is sure. not a football comment. <laughs> I mean, in personal life. <laughs> sure. Yeah, man. It's it's just a really good song, and the whole album is really powerful. So, like, I had, I think I had Thirstier down at, like, 13 or 14, and then I listened to this song, like, maybe two or three times last night. It was just, like, fuck, like, summer it, there's, there's not, there's not, like, 12 songs better than this that came out this year. Like, this is, this is top five. This is, this is the fifth best song of the year in my eyes. So, great song. Great song, John. <laughs> Uh, number four, the twenty-sixth letter by Makami. Oh. This, this is like. I'm so glad I talked about lyrics on this one because, oh man, the genius. the rhymes, the rhymes in here just slay me. I mean, so good, it's man. such good writing. Um, when you're rhyming all the edos with edo with edo with edo, the best rhyme in the whole, the in the whole song, the best rhyme in the whole song is going to be that uh, au revoirs with on the rise. It's also in the second verse, but Au Revoir's and On the Rise is just amazing. Oh, man, that's just, that's inspired. That's inspired lyric writing right there. Oh, totally. It was like, this is the year that I get my Python trench coat. Oh, my God, shit slaps. It's so good. We've also got, so, um, so we got the hook, like, going all the way through with this dun 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 It's right. so repetitive, okay, but except, it's just, like, except, pulsing. Except, 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 music, except music nerd. Except music nerd. There's two things about that. One of them is dropped for effect, like this, somewhere after you've done a few. One of them is just dropped, like so that there's just lyric. But it's not dropped like strategically. It's just like it was going, and we just silenced it for a couple, for about three notes in it. But the other one is has a one eighth note, quarter note turned into an eighth note, and it's otherwise it's the same thing eight times through. Da 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 da. And then one of them says, da 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 da. And then the other one is, da 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 da. And all it does is it just switches one rhythm of the first note. And it's just enough to make sure we don't get 
eight times, I don't know, like 16, like 128 of those all in a row, all the same, we get that one that's different. And that's just so satisfying to me. <laughs> Dude, it is just like, like very, very slight differences, very like articulate, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. fine grained um calculated differences mm-hmm. that just make the whole song it's cool. art it's like this one and i'm not this one is art totally totally and i'm not a big i'm not a big west side gun guy um but he's like the glue of this song you know like he's the bridge from like shore to shore he's he like he's um you know makami's the big lebowski and fly huh. gods like the rug that ties the whole room together you know um it's like the perfect owner for an album that's so visceral like this, you want to talk about a song that requires headphones, John? Like this is the one. It like bashes your fucking skull in with like a feathery mallet, for like three four minutes. Ooh. Oh man, the best Ooh. moment, the best singular moment, is when it drops out. You know, and um, West Side Guns just like talking all time rich shit, and then throws down like the AO mock right before Makami comes back in. Oh. Like the maestro just rams back in with an ah, you know, and it's just a perfect moment. And it's like after after he comes back in. Makami's on ad lib duty. Like he wasn't doing any of the ad libs yeah. before, but he he chimes in with like a nah and like yuck. And like like what? You know, it's just This is another oh, one man. for people who think they don't like hip hop to listen to. It's so good. If I you, like if you're like, yeah, it's not really my style, just give this one a chance. And if you still don't like it after that, that's fine. That's fair. We're into the true like S tier of these songs. I think that like the top top five or six or seven. Okay. I can just keep expanding it. But like this, <laughs> this is one of the songs that like when I first heard it blew my mind, like just like knocked my socks off. It, it's crazy. This, Great whole, song. this whole, Great song. this whole playlist has given me like three new artists that I didn't know about. Yeah, dude. And four new yeah. artists, excuse me, they didn't know about. And it's just, yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> As I said, musical objectivity the age of musical objectivity. Um, let's move on to number three. It is Control by uh, the best band name in the game, Mannequin Pussy. Mannequin Pussy, John. You know, first of all, I just want to shout out to band names for that. Yeah, shouts to band names. Yeah, right? Like, okay, so <laughs> what did we have earlier? We had, uh, I mean, Rat Boys is obviously really good. The Dirty Nil. Illuminati Hotties is great. Fiddlehead. Illuminati Hotties. I am always always up for some for, for some rhyming in my band's names. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I know, Lattice right? Mouse. See, yeah, see, see. Like, they, know, they, they know me. Been around for a while, but great names. Great, the, uh, great band And Mannequin names, Pussy. But. There's a lot in this, uh, in the Control song. There's not a lot that surprised me either, except they threw in a little Lord of the Rings uh, theme. Where they went uh, one chord and then three chord that's the flat and then one chord and three chord that's the flat that's straight out of the uh, one of the Lord of the Rings uh, progressions and I just heard that and went oh good job guys it, I I'm with you it doesn't it's not like a super surprising song but I don't think that's a bad thing nope. I like this is the catchiest song of the year in my eyes like the oh, vocals totally are yeah, I was stunning 100% humming this afterwards. Oh man, the guitars are fucking Gatling guns, dude. They're just like <laughs> lazing through your body and like spilling your entrails everywhere. Like shit is gnarly. It is so good. I like this. This was another. I mean, yes, it would make sense that three would be similar to four, but like you like hear this song for the first time and just like the explosions going on upstairs, you know. And I, I can't remember who it was, but someone said on the uh, 
the endless scroll podcast that they just wished more music sounded like this. Oh, and a, I am what a great compliment that agreement. is fervent agreement. Like mannequin pussy is awesome. And their band name is great and control just simply put one of my favorite songs of the year. And like maybe all time, like this, this was a great year. This was the, um, this was the 2020, uh, NFL draft receivers class of song years for me, just like insanely deep and lots of songs that I'm going to listen to on repeat for the rest of my life. So great song control by mannequin pussy. Number two, Draw Down the Moon by Foxing, the title track off of um, one of, if not the best albums of the year in my eyes. I mean, like this is in a year with so many like incredible vocal performances that we've talked about on this show. Like this is the one. I like, like, uh, first of all, I never heard of these guys before Foxing. So this is one of the guys, this is one of the bands I thank you deeply for. This is, these, these uh, podes are always really good for expanding my uh my small circle sometimes of stuff that i like to listen to you know as you get older you might find you like fewer and fewer artists mike but don't do that instead to go more and more uh this there was an equality between the verse and the chorus in this song that i really liked they were a lot of times you can really kind of tell when that verse ends and then people get to the part of the chorus that they like and like ooh, let's do this and they get all excited about it there was a musical equality to verse and chorus in this that was very satisfying. It was they were basically it was hard to tell, even if you were going to try to separate what was verse and what was chorus, and that's fun for me. Interesting. See, I I, I find it like pretty clear when it's the chorus, it but is. I do think that there there are like a lot of like shared elements. Like there is like the more than anything else. It's. It's like the, it's not marimbas, but like some sort of melodic percussion, Mm -hmm. not bells, you know what I'm talking about. Like, it's kind of just like happening throughout, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like adding. That's just part of it. That's part of it. The fact that they're consistent. There's a lot of consistent drumming. There's a lot of consistent percussion that kind of makes it all feel like one section with different parts rather than one song with different sections. Totally. And uh, do the chorus when when the chorus it is at its biggest it just melts your face off mm-hmm. like it's it, the coolest moment when his voice is just straining and growling and like surfing the flames you know you know what this is this song is nicholas cage's ghost rider it has like that flaming fucking lasso or whatever chain i don't know i haven't seen that movie in like a decade but like maybe this song is too good for nicholas it's, cage's ghost rider but anyways nick it cage has the vibe the vibe underrated nick cage underrated, let me tell you but, even even when he's overrated He's a little underrated, and he's also the best at being Nick Cage. Like nobody yeah, else is, is good true. at being him, but he's Nick so Cage is good the at best being at being Nick Cage. I do agree. Um, this, um, the instrumentals in this, Mike, you're like you're hung up on the uh, you're hung up on the voice in this one. No, 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 no. It's the instrumentals on here. They're so well put together. Oh. It's all great. I mean, obviously, yes, but I really that was what sold it for me was the non singing parts. Well, like at the very end when it all cuts yeah. out too, you know, yeah. it's like very atmospheric. It's oh, very good. much like a, a song to stargaze to. That's good. You know? I like it. Um, I'm a second guesser, as we established before. <laughs> and this is one, again, where I had to cycle through a couple songs to, de- to ter- determine if this was the one. And I had this I had this at this spot on this list for probably a month or two now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went through last night. And uh, 
I, I mean, every artist only gets one song, so I wasn't sure that I loved this song more than two other specific songs from the same album. And I listened to all three in order. So first came 737, which is like an amazing song, strong contender. Beacons, very strong as well. Highly recommend both of those. But then I listened to this one, Draw Down the Moon, and I like just about soiled myself. Like it's it's definitely the one. Like when when you know, you know. And like I knew there's as a, soon as I just There's a real rhythm to uh to the lyrics in it and the lyrics are fine but there's a real rhythm to how they're delivered that's also extremely satisfying they're just every word is important it feels like a band and i mean i i wouldn't really consider myself a huge fan of foxing's like earliest studio stuff mm-hmm. like it's it's fine but not not nearly as much my shit as this um but their last album nearer my god they're just like there's great great yeah, i'm putting them music. in the rotation um, on that record just like so good but this album titled draw down the moon it just feels like a band operating at their peak form when they like finally have the resources the ambition and like the skill to pull it off they're like at they're at the peak of their powers right now and it's just like really cool to see that in action so great song great song we have one more great song great song one more great song. The greatest song, in fact. Number one, my favorite song of the year. The best song of the year, bar none. I just couldn't escape it. It is Real Pain by Indigo D'Souza. I had a different song from this record. Slotted in at like fifth or sixth for the majority mm-hmm. of the year. And the song's Pretty Pictures. Awesome song. This this is probably... I haven't I haven't decided on albums yet. I guess you motherfuckers will have to find out. <laughs> or maybe I just won't. maybe I just won't release an albums list. Um, but, uh, this one, I think I replaced pretty pictures with it about two months ago or so. And I just like, I cannot get myself to put any other songs above this. Like she is awesome. She transforms what could be so easily boring into just like a masterpiece, like Mm -hmm. this, like stark, like dynamic changes, are used so well like the little i love in the the verses mm-hmm. before like the crazy building yeah, section yeah, yeah. like the the little like i still feel you i still feel you like the the repetition of that the first time she does it it's got like a little like wee woo synth like wee woo wee woo it, it, like that's kind of backing it it's just like perfect perfect minimalist musicianship and then it just evolves. Yeah, into let's like talk about the descent. Because people it's will, just people like will know march, once they listen. Total this, slog. People yep. will listen. To, they'll know what we mean by the descent. It's yep, like, really satisfying. Just just because it takes so long. I went back and timed it. Yep. And it's it's a while. I won't give away exactly how long it is, but it's a long. It's a long time. It's a long time. I measured it because I wanted to see. And that's why it took me so long to get it on this list because I wasn't sure if I really enjoyed that part. But I think that it's not that I really enjoy that part. I think it's I enjoy how that part establishes the run for the final for the final the final cherry on top. You know what I mean? Like it makes the end so satisfying. There's um the whole way that they're building down and that's why I call it the descent. You can call it a build up if you like, but I like it. I like it as a build down. Yeah. It's so gradual. Like when you're at 145 and it starts and like, you can kind of sense that something is a little bit off and you get to two, you get to the two minute mark and you're like, 
what's, what's that? What's that? It takes still a long time after that before it truly devolves. And then they just really mastered the art of keeping it, connecting it really well to what you were doing before, before chaos. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, what, a minute and a half of just shrieking and groaning and howling and they must hooting have a, and They must hollering. have had a lot of fun making it. Oh, yeah, totally. They're, <laughs> I liken it to um, Dark Green Water by Great Grandpa off of their record Four of Arrows from a couple years ago. And there's yeah. like, there's a part that's kind of similar to this. And it was modeled after the, the Descent um, in uh, A Day in the Life by the Beatles. It was like specifically yeah. modeled oh, off sure. of that where they Perfect. like ripped A Day in the Life off of YouTube, nope. put it in there, and they just recorded a bunch of shit over it. And this is this is like akin to that, you know? Sure. It's just, it's insanity, chaos, entropy, and then it just drops out into just the most powerful moment of the year. Like, that's what it is. It's the most powerful moment of the year when she comes back in, when it just completely cuts out and it's just vocals. It's just and her. then when the guitar and, like, yeah. everything comes back in, it's just... Just shredding. Oh my God, man. I, it's, it's like, just, it's healing. It's healing is what it is. Yes. And this album, this album is like processing a lot of trauma. You know, the song well, is called Real Pain. For sure. <laughs> like, what do you, what do you expect? You know? For sure. I mean, um, you, I knew, I knew once you put this on there, I'm like, all right, let's see what we get here. I knew it had to have something like this. I, I mean, we, we've waxed, we've, we've, uh, we've talked about this quite a lot, but like, I'm very indecisive, but like, I am very, very confident that this is my favorite song of the year. Like I have, there is well, no second song. guessing this. That's yeah. a great song. It's, it, it is, man, once again, the greatest song. So that is the 18 best songs of the year. The unequivocally best think, songs of the year. There's no a, room for argument, debate. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I would consider myself um, the authoritarian of this list and all other lists now. Maybe I'll maybe I'll subtract the, that title, the dictator, really, the, more than anything else. <laughs> but I don't know, man. It was just a really, really good good year for music in a year that was so awful in various other sectors. Yeah, but you know what? Twenty twenty one is very different than twenty twenty. I think this is reflected yes. artistically in a lot of uh, in a in a lot of um, TV that we saw uh, in a lot of uh, in a lot of music that came out. I feel like. It's a little less hopeless now, the art. I totally. Like a lot of the stuff that I watched at the beginning of 2021 or mid-2021 felt much more hopeless and a lot less now. A lot. This is like, uh, it's it's way more uh, succession than it is Tiger King, Ooh, if that good. makes sense. No, I like it very much, but succession is, oh, we should talk about succession sometimes. How big a fan are you? I, well, so I actually... I mean, I, I started watching it a couple years ago, the first season, uh-huh. and I got through like three episodes. And then for whatever reason, I, I mean, like my it's slow, it's my slow binge in the first ability, season. my binge factor is is not what it once was. But I recently restarted and got through the first season, and like I get it, it is, uh-huh. <laughs> it's really good. You have it's to a very that. very good show. You have to get that, which part. is great because now I feel the FOMO is gone. I can meme like crazy. This is great. <laughs> Cox memes. They've been they've been elite for years, thanks to Spike. Shouts to Spike. But like, oh man, this is just like this opens up a whole new frontier of Cox memes. Wow. A lot of these songs also for today you have to listen to for the first couple minutes before they grow on you. They don't grab you. Yeah. They don't grab you right away necessarily. 
Definitely. And and I think a great example of that is even Draw Down the Moon, the number two song. Yeah, like, I, I first heard strong that. Strong agree. The, strong agree. I didn't like it very much on the first listen and I loved it on the second. Me neither. And it, it took me several listens because I think that, I mean, let me tell you the power of headphones, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but for real, like I, I think the first time I listened to it was like in the car and uh, the speakers in the car that I was listening to it um, in were not that great. But Mike, if you think about it, were, Mike, if you think about it, a car is just headphones with wheels. It's just, it's <laughs> a car is just vehicular headphones. Um, but like, I the, the the way that they rolled this album out was really weird because it's a 10 song record and they put out five singles before it dropped. Huh. And I think this was the fifth and final single, huh. I want to say. And so it was like there were some of the singles that I really, really liked. And there were a couple of them that I wasn't like, like they were good, but I wasn't obsessed with them. Um, but I listened to it more and more and I like really locked into the choruses and like the vocal performance, and it just like skyrocketed. And then it was just Foxy and awesome. And that, yeah, nice, very nice. But yeah, that is uh, that is the list, the the correct list, the most correct list, the only correct list. John, is there outside of all of this? Is there any music that you listened to to this year? Not necessarily that came out this year, that um, that just really stood out to you. It could be something that you listen to a bunch anyways, but just what was the music that you that you turned to the most in 2021? Oh, man. Uh, we would find, uh, my wife and I would just uh, put on Spotify uh, various uh, artists. I did a lot of 90s for um, for nostalgia's sake. Sure. Uh, which, Who were the go-tos? Which, uh-huh, which took me, of course, to you know, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and stuff like that that I grew up with. But um, also some stuff like uh, Eve Six and Sugar Ray that just really it really hit the spot from like a simple from like simpler times and i think that's what music really uh a lot of music did for me this year was just finding you know this is it would be of course a cliche to say an escape but certainly just finding like a um or an outlet finding something that takes you even just for a couple minutes that just allows you to forget everything just crawling into the wardrobe for for just a few for the wardrobe. Oh yeah, real good. Yeah, but I the the band that I <laughs> clearly not new music that I really kind of delved into um, earlier this year was the Bee Gees. Man, I went on like a crazy Bee Gees kick earlier this year. Bee Gees, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. I want to really I want to get into some some uh, Stones and uh, things like that from the sixties. Next is my. Because that stuff was like my parents' music. But, you know, I, I bet a lot of that's really revolutionary. And I didn't really listen to a lot of 60s stuff. But they were one sure. of, they were one of the three or four bands that we were talking about the other day. Like, okay, now who, who if we want to do 60s, who should we go get? Hey, you know, Mick, Mick is still doing it somehow. Keith is Keith Not. is as well. It's all it's it's all baffling, but you know what? Good for them. I, I I'm happy that they're still they're still slinging it. Um, Why not? If it's what you love to do, very true. Before we go, there's one last thing that we have to do. We are contractually obligated to do this. John, I'm we are here. going to do one round one round of um, overrated. You're going to run it, aren't you? Because it's been so long. It's been 15 months. It's been 15 months almost exactly since we've poted. So. John, I just really need to know. I need confirmation. I need your I need your wisdom, if you will. Is In and Out 
still <laughs> overrated? I need I need to know. Is it still overrated? A lot has changed. It's been it's been a wild 15 months. I need to know that the universal constants are still in place. So what are your thoughts here? It will definitely still overrated. I just haven't quite figured out how yet. Okay. Well, that's fine. As long as we have the basis for it, we can we can flesh out the details later. <laughs> but that's all I need. I just needed like the statement from you. And with that, that will do it for the <laughs> The single pod of 2021, the music pod. We're not going to squeeze one in next week? Okay. I I think that that probably (laughs) will will not happen, unfortunately. Um, It's been been a a bit of a crazy year. A lot of things that I am thankful for to be a part of. I'm really, I'm really, um, as some of you probably know, I've been producing the Cigar Thoughts podcast for friend of the pod, Jackson Bevins. And so that has been predominantly what my uh it's my time so has gone cool towards and they sound so good i appreciate that thanks man but yeah it's been a lot of fun it's been it's been cool to really like do the damn thing um and 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 produce the fuck out of it so um we will eventually pod again sure no rush. that is definitely gonna happen we're both, we're both probably still gonna hate football in a year so that's the basis of being able to do it yeah thank god thank god for that right <laughs> But um, this has been the 112th episode of Tasteful Profanity. You want to know, John? I have a theory. I, I think I know why the Seahawks have had such a shitty, cursed, we unlucky almost, season. We almost got through this, didn't we? we well, we I just want to say, so I think it's... We almost made it. <laughs> I think it's because um, because we were on episode 111 for so long. I think that the football gods just don't, don't really look too kindly upon tri-digit palindromes, you know? So and plus, it's, it would never fit on a football uniform, right? Well, until, the thing like, is, the NFL you know, decides to have three-digit uniforms next year, right? <laughs> and so, and so now that we're out of that, we're up to um, uh, uh, hundred and twelve. It's a very nice looking number. Twelve. It's we'll, very, it's we'll very end on twelve. Twelve. Yeah, and we won't pote again for a year, and we'll see if that can help the team that um, that relies on twelves quite a bit. Anyways, with that, we're gonna we're gonna call it. John, lovely to be here with you as oh, always. Well, let's, let's do it again after uh, the world gets to a slightly better place even. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Um, once again, the 112th episode of Tasteful Profanity, as always, a Beast Poe production. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Barwin. I think that my handle has changed since the last show, so um, not, that, not that any of you should or will follow me. Please don't do that. That would be a horrible uh flagellant not flagellant flagellant mistake on flagellant your part. would be good too yeah well both either or i guess they, they both apply but you can find john on twitter at john david fraley you can find this show on twitter at beast pod and we haven't really written anything at all recently but you can check out beastpod.com because who knows what might pop up over there so with that thanks so much for listening and john Throw it up. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I uh, love all podcasts. L.A.P. I want to kick, want to scream. I want to know it's not mine.